Today's scripture les lesson is from Matthew 23, 1 through 5, and 23 through 28. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example. For they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra-wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside, and they wear robes with extra-long tassels. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things blind guides. You strain your water so you won't accidentally swallow a gnat, but you swallow a camel. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but the inside, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outward you look like righteous people, but inwardly your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. So we've been talking about what it means to be the church. And I have a question for you to contemplate for a little bit. What is the first function of the church? Of any role that the church could fill, what is the first that we should do? Well, to answer that question, we need look no further than the first and greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment, Jesus says. So in other words, when we ask the question, what does it mean to be the church? Or what is the role of the people of God? We are called to be a community that exalts God. A community that calls out to God. A community that lifts God's name in all glory and honor. Yet, so often in the history of the church, past 2,000 plus years on into today, the church has turned into a community of exalting itself. And we see this over and over again in the arrogance of the church to say what is right and what is wrong in the arrogance of the church to say that people should be at the church rather than doing whatever else they are doing, in the arrogance of the church to say that we have it right and others don't. And I use the word arrogance there because, well, it's a bit arrogant. We are called to act in humility, not to be a community that believes that we are perfect. While we may be being made perfect, onward to Christian perfection by the grace of God and God alone, we have not yet attained it. 
Why? Because, well, in our world, we have been taught the importance of being the best, the brightest, the most beautiful, the biggest, the boldest, and so on and so forth. We are taught that there are certain things that make an entity stand out in our community, and that's by being the best, by being something incredible, by being the most talented, by being the most exceptional. And that's just kind of the way that our world works. Without that standard, everything is just kind of average, and it is what it is. But in God's upside-down kingdom, we are called to be reminded that this, being the church, it's not about us. And it's very easy for us to make it about us. It's very easy for us to make it about us. The way that we most frequently make it about us is by simply saying, our church, or my church. For instance, I would love for you to come to my church sometime. Okay, that's fine. You know, I'm not saying there's anything particularly wrong with this expression, but it does make the church about us, rather than about what the church is meant to be about all along, God. Now, I'm not saying that we should say to people, you should come to God's church, uh, because that's an arrogant statement in and of itself. It claims that the church that we belong to is more God's church than any other church in our community. What I'm simply saying is we need to consider what the church means to us, what it means to us to be a community of God's people and how we execute that. In God's upside-down kingdom, it's not about us. In our world, it is. We, as uh, we living here in the United States, we live in an individualistic society. That's, you know, just kind of the, the thing that we have to grapple with, that we kind of make everything about us. It's the reason why we have so many different denominations and so many different churches within each denomination in a single geographic area. Right here in, uh, in Midtown Mobile, where our church is located, there are three other United Methodist churches. Why is that? Well, because the people who attend like something a little bit different than what the other churches offer. In other words, we individualize it. We say, this is what I like, this is what I want in my church, and so this is what I'm going to promote and where I'm going to be. Once again, I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with that, but it is something that we need to consider, to be considerate of what it means to be the church. So we turn now to our text in Matthew chapter 23, and we have here some of the most brutal words from Jesus, a place in which he uses the word hypocrites with an exclamation point frequently. Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is the practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform. In other words, hypocrisy, which I expect most of us know the definition, hypocrisy means that we claim one thing but live another thing. The church for centuries has been ridiculed as a place of hypocrites. Why? We claim to be an institution of love and of God. 
But do we show that? Do we live that? Do we embrace that? Or do we exalt ourselves more frequently and fail to remember God and or our neighbors? Jesus here in Matthew 23 is talking to the Pharisees. And in, in uh, this text here, chapter, uh, excuse me, in uh, verse 2, Jesus actually says the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So, in other words, the Pharisees were the people who took the law, handed to the people of God, the law which was meant to describe what it means to love your neighbor, to love God, to love the earth, to love yourself, to take that law, and they were to let the people know how to live that out. However, Jesus says, they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Everything they do is for show. On their arms they wear extra-wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside, and they wear robes with extra-long tassels. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees? Hypocrites, Jesus says. Why? Well, consider verse 4. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the people's burdens. How often has the church been an entity that says, these are the rules, you need to follow them, otherwise you're going to hell or some other bad thing is going to happen to you, while standing by on the sidelines watching injustices take place across our land, throughout our communities. We exalt ourselves and fail to remember God or our neighbors. I have a question, a series of questions rather. What is more important to you when it comes to church? Is it the way that you dress when you come to church? Or is it the God whom you encounter when you come to church? I've definitely been in churches where if you weren't dressed properly, you didn't belong there. In uh, one church that I uh, used to preach at, I showed up one day. I didn't wear a robe then. I was still in seminary. Didn't wear a robe, but I wore a, a jacket and I, you know, wore my bow ties. But on this particular Sunday, I showed up to preach with no bow tie, no jacket, just button-down shirt and some pants, and began to preach. And after the service, nearly every single person came up to me and said, why are you so underdressed? Or something to that effect. Not a single word of the sermon, not a single aspect of worship was considered because I was underdressed. I wonder what would happen if I showed up here not wearing a robe or not wearing a tie, maybe wearing a t-shirt. What is more important, the way you dress or the God you encounter? What is more important in the church? Is it the color of the carpet, the look of the altar, and my seat being mine, nobody else should be sitting in my pew, 
Or is it the lesson we learn and enact? Can't tell you how many churches I've heard of, never been a part of, but heard of, completely falling apart because they disagreed about the color of the carpet. I wonder what would happen if we decided to change the color of the carpet in here. What is more important in the church? Is it the color of the carpet, the look of the altar, the things that we surround ourselves with, or is it the lessons that we learn and enact? What is more important beyond the church? Is it the rules that we feel everyone should follow, or is it everyone feeling that they are loved? Countless times the church has been the entity that calls out to communities saying, this is the way that you should live yet never does a single thing to go into the community, to love on the community, to live in the community, to show the community how much they are loved by the church. I wonder what would happen if we stopped telling people these are the rules and started telling people this is how much you are loved. Exaltation is the greatest sin of the church, in my opinion, because we make it, by it I mean the church, we make church about the looks instead of the heart. In Jesus' words, we encourage the church to be like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, we look like religious people, but inwardly, our hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. Now, this isn't a universally true statement. There are saints within every church. There are sinners within every church. And, you know, we could go on debate long and far and wide about who's who, or how that applies to our church. But speaking of the church generally right now, we so often would rather things look good than for things to be good or for us to do good. We exalt ourselves and fail to remember God or our neighbors. Jesus says, to the crowds and to his disciples, he says of the Pharisees and the, and the teachers of the religious law, practice and obey whatever they tell you, but do not follow their example, for they do not practice what they teach. This is interesting. Practice and obey whatever they tell you, Jesus says. Why? Because the teachers of the religious law, the Pharisees, they are actually reading the law of Moses handed to the people. They are actually reading scripture and saying, this is what you should be doing. However, Jesus says, don't follow the, their example for they do not practice what they teach. How often is that the case in the life of the church? Isn't that by definition how we describe a church being hypocritical? If it's, a, if it's a community that practices what they preach or if it's a community that says one thing and does another. And it's always good for us to question which side of that we may be on. 
We should be constantly evaluating ourselves and trying to figure out if we are in the right or in the wrong. Why? Because if we are in the right, then we should build upon that. If we are in the wrong, then we should change that. The church is the largest global institution in which love is preached. So then, why is there not more love in the world? With roughly two point some odd billion people claiming to be Christians in the world, why is there not more love? Why anytime I get on social media do I see people berating others and telling the world about how disappointing other people are to them? Why, any time, do I read the news, am I reading stories of hate, stories of anger, stories that claim that these people aren't good enough or that these people are worse than these people? Why, in my own life, am I quick to judge rather than to love? Why is there not more love in the world if the church is the largest global institution in which love is preached. Because I have to wonder, apparently we've learned something in church that we've considered more important than love. So I have to wonder, what lesson did Jesus teach that is more important than love? I can think of none. What rule have we adopted in the church that is more important than love? I can think of none more important. What aesthetic can we adopt that is more important than love? There is none. The most important thing that the church can ever do or be or say or live out is love. Why? For God so loved the world. We love because he first loved us. These are the things that Scripture teaches us over and over again, that it's all because of the love of God that we even exist and are here and gathered together. Yet that same love so often does not spill out beyond our four walls. Even within our four walls, that love might be scarcely seen. And so I say that the church will only ever be a hypocritical institution as long as we exalt ourselves instead of God. So long as we exalt ourselves instead of God. I hear that word, hypocrites, Jesus declaring to the religious leaders and teachers, oh, hey, I'm included in that. And I wonder what it might mean if we actually lived out our calling as a community of love, as a community of God. And so my challenge for us this week, my challenge for us this week, and by the way, this concludes our series on the upside-down kingdom. This concludes our series on considering what does it mean to be the church. My challenge for us this week as a church seeking to understand what it means to be the church, is to find more ways to exalt God rather than ourselves. Find more ways to exalt God rather than ourselves. There are many, many, many ways which we can exalt ourselves in this world. 
we have so many options, so many media outlets to exalt ourselves, so many ways to make church about me, so many ways to make our worship about me, so many ways to make everything that the church stands for about me, about us, when all along the church is about God. So let us be a community that seeks out God's honor and glory. Let us be a community that seeks to exalt God in everything we do. Let us be a community that humbly takes a back seat, places God up front and says, this is what is worthy. And let us pray.